going on, everyone? The date is February 22nd, 2013, here at Freed Mission For Real, www.freedmissionfr.com. Also on iTunes, my name is JP Nichols, here with the latest edition of Be Nice to Impact or Not for the February 21st edition of Impact. Very ordinary show, would be the word I would use to describe it was a show. And let's get right into it. We open up the show uh, live, quote-unquote, from the uh, Wembley Arena in London for the last show from London, England. So for those of you that love the London atmosphere and appreciate it, well, unfortunately it is no more. Hopefully by the time Impact goes on the road to Chicago, they might be able to recreate it. But the London atmosphere is gone after, after last night. And Hulk Hogan came down to the ring... Uh, he decided to talk about how Aces and Aids interrupted him mid-decision last week, and he was saying that it gave him at least another week to really think about who gets the title shot at lockdown, and he did not announce one of the eight people uh, that were in the decision-making process last week. He ended up announcing Bully Ray as the number one contender. Now, one would logically think that Magnus or James Storm, who actually won their matches last week, or perhaps Kurt Angle or Samoa Joe, who lost her match via DQ, uh, actually no contest, I should say, would come out and complain about this, but alas, not so much. We just had Bully Ray come out. Um, they were completely talking about how uh, he had a torn quad. Uh, Hogan was telling Ray that he's the toughest SOB in the company. Uh, Ray thanked Hogan and said all he wanted was his respect, said he wanted to make Hulk happy as well as his wife by becoming the world champion. Ray said that they have bigger business to take care of and suggest a six-man tag for the night. Uh, on one side, three members of Aces and Eights. On the other, Ray, Sting, and Hulk Hogan himself. Hogan said that they had a deal and they uh, celebrated together. So, yeah, now we have Ray and Hardy for the belt at lockdown, which no doubt will be a good match, but the logic behind getting there is sort of lackluster, would be a word I would use to describe it, if only for the fact that, I mean, at minimum... Uh, they've had this whole story being told of Ray trying to earn Hogan's trust and such, so I guess now this is a way of it coming full circle before an impending heel turn, whether it be from Brooke or Ray at lockdown, or both, uh, potentially. Um, we had Austin Aries and Bobby Roode backstage uh, talking about their plan to take all the belts in TNA when they were interrupted by Christopher Daniels and Kazarian, who were uh, in very fine form as always. Uh, Kazarian even at one point throwing up a fortune logo to remind Rude of his past. Uh, and they reassured Ares and Rude to tell them to follow their lead tonight. And Ares scoffed at this and like followed their lead. And Rude was like, yeah, you need to follow my lead. And then Ares got into bickering saying, no, your lead, it's actually my lead, but whatever. <laughs> it was actually very, very funny. And uh, this led us to an eight-man tag uh, with, if I were to say, with the due to the fact that Kurt Angle is stuck in Aces and Eights garbage right now, and AJ is MIA, and, uh, well, Joe, I would also say, is also stuck in the Aces and Eights garbage. This eight-man tag involved probably my my uh, Impact Six, if I were to say, which are Joe Park, James Storm, Austin Aries, Rude, Daniels, Kazarian, because all six of them are at least very, very enjoyable to watch. Uh, the, the heel side of the equation, very much so in particular, but uh, Joe Park and Storm team with Chavo and Hernandez against the other four in an eight-man tag. Very, very, very entertaining match, quite honestly. Not even so much for the in-ring action, but more so due to the antics involved. A lot of the story was told uh, with the fact that Joe Park was managing to get an offense totally by accident. Like, uh, when the match broke down a bit, 
and uh, Chavo and Hernandez were trying to go at it with Daniel Zakazarian, I believe. Uh, Daniel Zakazarian ended up colliding with Joe Park accidentally when he had his arms up, and so the two ended up hurting themselves in the process, uh, thanks to Joe Park not exactly knowing what he was doing. Uh, there's a lot of uh, tension between Aries and Rude and uh, Daniel Zakazarian as well, with uh, Aries and Rude trying to make blind tags. At one point, there was a particular point in the match where all four of them had made a blind tag off each other, and it ended up being very, very funny, and then they all got laid out in the process. And uh, Aries and Rude actually ended up walking out on Daniel Zakazarian towards the end. And... Uh, uh, Mexican America 3.0, I guess would be the term I would use to describe them, and uh, Joe Park and James Storm all hit their respective moves on Kazarian, and Joe Park got his big splash off the middle rope, Chava got the pin on Kazarian, so they ended up winning the match. Also, I have to mention, uh, I know I've mentioned it on the past few weeks from these London, uh, well, not London, but UK shows, uh, Joe Park is absolutely loved in the UK. I mean, honestly, he, he uh, Hogan, Sting... Aries are probably among the top most received people in the company in the UK right now. So, props to Joe Park, especially for someone who, like, wrestles pretty much not at all. It just goes to show how enjoyable of a character he's been since he's uh, donned this character. Uh, we had a replay of uh, Rockstar Spud uh, and the Robbie E. bit from a week ago. And uh, we had our second match of the evening which was Rockstar Spud versus Robbie E with Rob Terry at ringside. Uh, very short match, uh, pretty much what it needed to be. Um, Spud is very small, honestly. I mean, I don't remember him being this small when I saw him wrestle Marty uh, back in October. But uh, Robbie E looked like a giant next to him. But he still works really, really well. Um, this is pretty much, you know, just a match meant to really showcase him more than anything else. Um... Finish game when uh, Robbie Terry, uh, Robbie, you tried to grab the clipboard from Rob Terry, um, even though the ref was staring right at him when they were doing this. Actually, uh, Rob Terry held on to the clipboard and refused to hand it over. Ended up being a tug of war until Spud uh, managed to take advantage of this, rolled up Robbie uh, Robbie E for a pinfall victory, giving Spud his uh, uh, victory in TNA. And then uh, post-match, Robbie E was very upset at this. Uh, he was uh, getting in Rob Terry's face, uh, poking him, just telling him how he screwed up, then slapped Robbie e, uh, Rob Terry across the face. Rob Terry, of course, was not very happy about this, uh, threw off his shirt. Robbie E had a very cartoonish kind of reaction, almost like that uh, kind of cartoonish reaction, like when the guy just gets his... Uh, uh, picks on the guy that's bigger than him, and then he realizes that, oh, I just screwed up, and he just starts, like, jumping and bouncing everywhere before fleeing. It was actually very, very funny. Uh, but can't quite say that I'm looking forward to a match between these two down the line. Uh, we then had our, uh, knockouts title match, which was an elimination match, actually, between, uh, Tara, Gail Kim, Miss Tessmacher, and Velvet Sky. Uh, Brooke Hogan decided to come out uh, to ringside for whatever reason other than to watch the match that she created. Very proud of her creation, I suppose. Uh, match was pretty standard, would be a word I would use to describe it for an elimination match. Just, uh, you know, lots of calamity. Uh, most notable thing I remember at one point was uh, Tara attempted to, I believe it was Tara at least, tried to uh, crotch Tessmacher on the post outside on the floor. 
And uh, Tetsmacher actually took advantage of this and kicked off the post and actually hit a bulldog on the floor, which I thought was actually sort of nifty. Um, Terra actually ended up being the first person eliminated in the match, which guaranteed a new champion. Velvet later out with the in-your-face sit-out pedigree, if you can call it that. And then, ironically enough, even though the match was elimination, uh, Gil Kim stole the pinfall victory from Velvet. Uh, she threw Velvet to the outside and covered Terra for whatever reason, other than the fact that I guess she just wanted to pin Terra. Um, the, it came down to Tessmacher, Gale, and Velvet, which they actually did a powerbomb superplex spot at one point where uh, Gale was in the middle of this equation and she looked like she landed terribly on her head, but she seemed okay for the remainder of the match. Um, Tessmacher tried to pin Velvet, Velvet reversed it, uh, Tessmacher got eliminated. Then we came down to Gale and Velvet, which today was telling us, uh, how Velvet, when she won the title initially back at Bound for Glory 2011, Gale was the one who, uh, took the belt from Velvet, uh, and caused her reign to be so short. So, uh, Gale actually ended up getting pinned by Velvet after some disagreements with, uh, Taryn Terrell. Velvet Pinder with the Inyo face again, uh, hitting it for the one, two, three, and becoming the new Knockouts champion, which can't say is something that I'm also too thrilled about, but it is what it is. One other thing that I forgot to mention was the fact that I didn't even realize until um, I believe it was uh, Tanae who also said it that uh, Terra's been Knockouts champion five times, and she has been in the company now less than four years, which I found to be pretty wild to think about. Uh, but uh, Velvet did the big celebration, and uh, yeah, I mean, UK ate it up, but Knockouts division is just a far cry of what it used to be. Especially thinking about this when I... Uh, uh, at the time of this recording, I will be going to Shine later, and just thinking about the fact that a lot of the people there could do nothing but benefit this division in the state it's currently in. Um, we had Hulk Hogan and Sting backstage getting ready for their upcoming six-man match. Uh, they shook hands, Sting left the dressing room, uh, went back to his dressing room, ran into Bully Ray. Ray wanted to make sure Hogan's cool with this, and Sting reassured him. Ray said he's excited to be tagging with Hogan and Sting, and Sting says he's uh, happy to be tagging with Ray, and Sting says, let's tear some heads off. We had a video recap of AJ's uh, 2012 horrible year, uh, with Mike Tanay promising that we will get an update on Styles on next week's Impact. Uh, we then had a, another storyline recap of Kurt Angle with Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff. Then we had our fourth match of the evening, which was Samoa Joe versus Garrett Bischoff, and probably Garrett Bischoff's best match ever, if only for the fact that he had to just, for the majority of this match, had to take a bunch of Samoa Joe offense and provided very little offense to the match. So, by proxy, best Garrett Bischoff match. Uh, Joe just laid into him after a while. Garrett tried to work him over, but to no avail. Uh, Joe ended up getting the upper hand. Then West Briscoe came out to interfere, caused a DQ. Um, the two of them tried to double-team Joe until Kurt Angle ran out and chased him off. He grabbed a mic and said he's happy he got Briscoe a contract because the pain that he's going to inflict him will all be legal, and then said that at lockdown, he and Briscoe will face off in a steel cage match. So we now have three matches for lockdown between the main event, lethal lockdown, and now this match, which, for lack of a better way of putting it, I feel like Angle's going to need another neck surgery based off the, uh, potential carrying he might have to do to West Briscoe, and that's 
probably more of an insult to Winston, I should say. Because, I mean, like, I uh, feel like he'll at least be serviceable in the match, but by Kurt Angle match standards, I cannot say I'm too excited for it. Um, we then had uh, Kenny King make his way to the ring uh, for an X Division title match against uh, Rob Van Dam. Um, it was a fine match. I mean, like, uh, these two have wrestled quite a bit. Uh, I mean, they wrestled on the December pay-per-view, had another TV match, had a few other random interactions here and there, like in a triple threat a few weeks ago. A fine match, went about six minutes or so. But uh, at this point, it's sort of like, why do they keep constantly doing it? I mean, considering the fact that, you know, at this point you would think that if they're going to do this match this many times, they may as well pull the trigger and actually down the title switch by now. But what can you do, I suppose? Uh, match at some points was sort of sloppy. Uh, uh, King hit the royal flush on Van Dam, and Van Dam took it pretty terribly, honestly. Like, he seemed to, like, didn't know which way was right and which way was left and ended up just totally blundering it. But uh, ended up getting the victory following a rolling thunder and five-star frog splash. Um... Backstage, we saw Brooke Hogan uh, trying to talk to Hulk uh, out of wrestling tonight. Hogan said he needs to do this tonight for the family, and then hugs his daughter before heading out. Brooke reminded Hogan to have fun out there. Yes, have fun uh, facing the family that ruined your daughter's wedding, has done nothing but cause a bunch of mayhem for seemingly no reason, and it's just been a very much of a pain to not only the roster, but the viewer at home. Yes. Have fun! Okay. But <laughs> the main event was next. Uh, Devon, Mr. Anderson, and Doc, aka Luke Gallows, uh, facing Bully Ray and Sting, who made their way to the ring. They played Hulk Hogan's music, but Hogan was nowhere to be found. Uh, they played his music again, still nowhere to be found. But uh, Ref ended up ringing the bell anyway, so we ended up having a handicap match of Sting, Bully Ray, versus Aces and Eights, match was pretty much not a lot. I mean, it went a while, but not really a lot happened. It was just mostly Ray getting worked over. And I really question, I mean, since supposedly the squad injury for Ray is real, I really question having him still work this match anyway. I mean, granted, it was mostly, you know, they didn't do too much out of, out of the ordinary to, like, <gasps> excuse me, work down Ray. But, uh, it's just like, if he has a serious injury like this, why is he still working this match? Or at least getting worked over, but... Ended up building to a hot tag with Sting. Sting was lighting up aces and eights. They were about to go for the uh, patented Dudley's What's Up headbutt combination until, uh, I believe, Devon and... Actually, no, it was uh, the Major League leader, I suppose, and uh, Wes Briscoe... Or no, Garrett Bischoff, actually bringing out... Um, uh, Hulk Hogan, and he looked all beat up backstage. And then uh, we had Wes Briscoe and the unnamed Mike Knox bring out uh, Brooke Hogan, and this distracted Ray. Ray went out to check on both of them. Uh, Sting was uh, attempting to put, I believe, Devon in the Scorpion Deathlock when Luke Gallows came off the ropes and hit a big boot to the face. Then Luke Gallows got the pin on Sting, giving the Aces and Eights seemingly their first victory in God knows how long. I mean, <laughs> this should have been like a gigantic celebration for Aces and Aces Shades of uh, when Joe Park won his match a couple of weeks ago, or even something like when Delirious won his match against Ricky Reyes at Ring of Honor 2006. I mean, because they are just so far beyond 
uh, zero in the win category for so long. It's like ridiculous. But uh, Aces and Eights won. They continued to put the beat down on Sting and posed over him as uh, Hogan and uh, as excuse me Ray and Brooke attempted to check on Hogan as the show faded to black and we fade out of England. And like what I said, was a very mostly average impact. I mean, pretty much not a lot really to discuss on the show, besides the antics of the eight-man tag and the backstage segment with Aries Rude, Daniel Kazarian being particularly awesome, and I really cannot express enough how excited I am for that match to happen, whenever it does happen. I would not be upset if it happens at one of the next two impacts in Orlando, which will end up being the last two impacts for in Orlando for, I mean, as of now, ever. But uh, I see that potentially being held off until lockdown, which would also not be a bad thing, since they would at least get the chance for more time on pay-per-view, hopefully. But for the for what it is, they just had a show tonight. Uh, and I would recommend checking out the eight-man tag for the antics, like I said. Uh, really, the only other thing I would really even say you can go out of your way to check out is maybe Van Damme and Kenny King, if you still have interest in that pairing. Or if you're a Velvet fan, obviously you can see her win the title. But not really a lot to talk about from this show as we head towards uh, the swan song from Orlando gets closer uh, with Impact returning to the Impact Zone next Thursday. I don't think they have anything announced for that show up to this point, but obviously I will be back next week to talk about that. Hopefully also be sure to stay on the lookout on the site as I will potentially post up thoughts on Shine 7, which airs tonight on DWNLive.com. Lots of stuff that's going to be good on that show, such as uh, Lufisto versus uh, Sofia Cortez, now known as Ivelisse, Mercedes Martinez and Roxy, uh, or Nikki Rox, uh, Roxy from former TNA fame, as well as a lot of other matches. Uh, make sure to head over to WWN Live, like I said, to order that show. And then, as well... Uh, we are going to have our free admission awards up very, very soon. Uh, stay tuned on Twitter for that. And lots of other stuff coming up. And until next time, I'm JP Nichols. I will talk to you all again very soon.